Welcome back to the Commemorate podcast, a series dedicated to highlighting pioneers from our collective history. Some you may know, some you may not. What's important is keeping their memories alive. So, spread their stories, their achievements, and share this knowledge with your friends. In this episode, we shine a light on Ole Kirk Christensen. Christensen was born on 7th of April 1891 in Fylskov, South Denmark, to Jens and Kirstina Christensen. He was the 10th child of a family living in abject poverty. At age 6, he was already tending to his family's sheep. To pass the time, he carved small wooden figures, a portent of what was to come. In 1905, he took an increased interest in woodwork, working as an apprentice to his brother. Six years later, he moved to Germany to develop his knowledge of carpentry, becoming a master carpenter five years later. In 1916, with the money he'd saved, he was able to buy the Billund Woodworking and Carpentry Shop. This was a profitable venture, where he worked as a local house builder during the summer and on custom furniture in the winter. He married Christine Sorensen, and they went on to have four children, all of whom became involved in his final and most successful company. Unfortunately, in 1924, two of his children were playing with wood shavings at the factory. They started a fire which burned down the factory and their home. While Christensen managed to start up again, it was not long after, early into the 1930s Great Depression, that his business began to fail. The primary income, which came from ironing boards, milking stools and ladders, saw demand fall away and eventually left him as the only worker. To add to his woes, his wife died in 1932. Despite everything, Christensen founded another, unnamed at the time, company in the same year. This one focused on wooden toys, the one market that had not suffered during the Great Depression. His handcrafted yo-yos, cars and animals were a huge success. In addition, the key difference to other manufacturers were that using his master carpenter skills, the toys were made to the highest quality out of birch wood, beautifully painted and put into high-quality packaging. In fact, Christensen had a personal motto that translated read as only the best is good enough, a motto still in use today. It did not take long for his reputation to grow with this range of toys providing a steady stream of sales, even turning a profit, an achievement during a depression. His bestseller, a wooden duck whose beak opens and closes when pulled, is now a coveted collectible. But the company still lacked a name. And so in 1934 he launched a competition, the prize being a bottle of homemade wine. All seven factory employees, themselves carpenters, were asked to join in. However, Christensen awarded himself the win and decided upon the name Lego. This was a shortened form of the Danish words leg and got, meaning play well. A few years later, he learned the phrase also meant I put together in Latin. It is clear that this made an impact on the future history of the company. But for now, the earliest Lego toys were made entirely from wood, and by 1936, the company was producing 42 different, expensive, but high-quality toys. The company continued to grow through the 1940s and 50s, based on its strong reputation for quality. This is despite another fire which burned down the only 
at the time, factory and warehouse. In 1944, Christiansen finally registered the company as the Lego Group. Three years later, they obtained samples of Kittycraft's recently released plastic interlocking building cubes. These early building blocks had been developed and patented in 1939 by Mr. Fisher Page, a child psychologist. The same year, Christiansen bought the largest self-molding machine available in Denmark with a plan to produce plastic toys one of the first being a rattle shaped like a fish. In 1949, Christensen introduced the first Lego automatic binding bricks, which in 1953 was shortened to Lego bricks. By the late 40s, the company had a stock of over 200 different models of plastic and wooden toys. A significant moment was when Christensen visited a toy fair in England in 1954 and was told by one toy buyer that there was no system in the world of toys, items that could be purchased separately but interact with one another. The following year, the Lego system of play was introduced, which featured miniature cars and people that children could use to create a town. This first town plan number one package came with a plastic sheet, providing an urban layout of roads and pavements. However, there were complaints the bricks did not stay together. Sadly, Christensen died aged 66 on the 11th of March 1958. Following this, his third son inherited the patented brick design, which had been approved earlier in the year on the 28th of January. Known as a stud and tube coupling, the top studs and bottom tubes made for a secure fit. The Lego molding itself was designed to a tolerance of within two thousandths of a millimeter, meaning that, remarkably, these early bricks remain compatible with today's. On the 4th of February 1960, there was a third fire when the company's wooden toy division was struck by lightning and burned down. Unsurprisingly, this finally led to the decision to stop producing wooden toys. The rest of the company continued its success selling over 50 different sets around the world. Such was this success that in 1962, the company started its own airline company, and began importing their products to the United States. Two years later, Lego added assembly instructions to their sets. Incredibly, the famous logo was not actually designed until 1973. Not to mention, the minifigures, known as the Lego family, were not introduced until 1978, with the arrival of Lego set 600. This, however, did not stop the New York Times announcing in 1997 that their brightly colored interlocking bricks had virtually revolutionized the worldwide toy market. The year after, Lego bricks became one of the original inductees into the National Toy Hall of Fame in New York. The real survival behind Lego, though, is in its innovative way to evolve and embrace new trends, such as gaming, while also going beyond being just a toy and into serious educational development with, for instance, the Mindstorm sets developing prosthetic solutions. In 2011, the Space Shuttle Endeavour mission delivered 13 LEGO kits to the International Space Station to see how astronauts would react to building models while in microgravity. Whatever their use, the persistent view is that the bricks are designed to provide a harmless outlet for the basic urge to destroy as well as to create. But it's not just about the bricks, 
or even the games, books, movies and television shows. There is the Lego Learning Institute, Lego Educational Division, collaboration with MIT's Media Lab, and Lego Serious Play, which develops innovative strategies for other businesses. Today, over 19 billion bricks are created every year, sold in 130 countries, and Lego employs over 17,000 people, with the core set of six bricks able to combine into 915,103,765 possible configurations. And so, in closing, we commemorate Ole Kirk Christensen. Thank you for listening. The Commemorate Podcast Read by Adam Roach Written by Andy Case Edited by Tom Austin Morgan Follow us on Twitter at CommemoratePod1 And don't forget, five-star reviews will help keep these histories alive. Thank you.